Gordon Hayward goes for 41 points, and the Charlotte Hornets get a win over the Spurs. Was it their best win of the season? We talk about that today. Plus, Julian Council joins us on Locked on Hornets. You are Locked on Hornets, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz we live. We live. It's Locked On Hornets. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day, local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. Thanks for making Locked On Hornets your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. You can subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. And you need to follow us on YouTube. We are getting a lot of subscribers. We might be wearing the B costumes soon. So check us out on YouTube at Locked On Hornets. It's exactly where our Twitter handle is as well. You can check us out there at Lockdown Hornets. I'm on Twitter at Walker Mail. Doug's on Twitter at Doug Branson LOH. This episode is brought to you by Truebill. Truebill is the new app that saves you money by helping you identify and stop paying for the subscriptions you don't want or need and can even negotiate better deals on those you want to keep. So again, thanks to Truebill for sponsoring this episode. Gordon Hayward, how about him last night? 41 points against Holy the San Antonio Spurs, moly. helping the Charlotte Hornets score 131 against San Antonio. Much needed win, especially when you're talking about a six-game road trip. The most winnable game, I would imagine, on this road trip was last night. A team that is now, with the loss, seven games below 500. Spurs moved to 10-17 and 17 on the season. Hornets, with the win, moved to 16-14. and 14. Still floating a little above 500 but Gordon Hayward he was the story last night 41 points 15 of 19 from the field only missed four shots all game hit five of his six shots from deep was perfect from the free throw line five rebounds three assists to boot only the one turnover and if you're into the plus minus column he was a plus 35 that's not bad Gordon Hayward not a bad game last night was sensational it was nice to see him kind of go ballistic yeah, out of the last 10 games, he's taken 15 or more shots. In seven of those games, he took 19 attempts, hit 15 of them. I mean, he just felt it. You you saw it from the jump. But over the past couple of games, he's been getting really aggressive. 41 points against the Spurs in three quarters. I, I kind of wish – I get why they rested him in the fourth quarter. I get it. Uh, they've been wanting to try to load manage Gordon Hayward because of his injury history all year and simply haven't been able to because of the Hornet situation. But I would have loved to see him set uh, his career high, which I think he also set with the Hornets um, uh, last season against the Hawks. Uh, seven, so he had 17 points on 10 shot attempts against Dallas, 19 points on 16 shot attempts against Sacramento, and then 31 in that loss to Philadelphia. So he's been on a run of being more aggressive offensively, and, and I think the Hornets are going to need that, and I think James Borrego understands that as well. He mentioned after the game that love to see what Gordon Hayward did in this game, and now it's about can he you know make those contributions consistently through the rest of the season. I know Hornets fans, the ones that don't want to trade him, uh, want to see that as well. Well, yeah, and now you look at Gordon, even the last four games, he hasn't shot anything less than 50% from the field. He's given you a couple of these games, 31 against Philly in a loss by only four points, but stepped up big time in that game. You saw the 41 last night, even in the last two, where it was a win against Sacramento, stepped up with the 20, 19 to be exact, and then against Dallas was really one of only three players that at least shot somewhat well from the field. And here you bring up the trade thing, right? 
a lot of people taking the victory lap over where are they at where are they at where, where are right, people, at? people people that wanted to trade Gordon Hayward then all the Gordon Hayward fans taking the victory lap after last real brave real brave in the piece. comments that's all I'm saying real brave on the live chat trying to yeah, trade yeah, Gordon well, Hayward and, away. and now and, and now he drops 41 you, and I don't hear a I don't hear a peep I don't now, hear a now, peep <laughs> where to peep now that gives you the podium to pound your chest about Gordon Hayward, and now it gives everybody else. And here's the thing for me. Like, I understand this is kind of what I went into earlier today as well. Like, Gordon Hayward, man, it's a big-time contract. When he signed it, I was real critical of the Hornets as well. $30 million a year, wrong side of 30. Same old problems that a lot of people who have had a problem with this point to a lot of the similar stuff. But this year, you look at what Gordon's doing, even with some of these snats sneaking up on you, as we've constantly talked about, you look at what he's putting up, 47 from the field, 40 from the, uh, from three-point land, 18 points a game, still your best half-court offensive player. It's going to be huge in the postseason. And when people discuss strictly trading Gordon Hayward for a Miles Turner, I think trading him anything less than full value, 100 cents on the dollar, anything less than that, would go back on the benefits of what was already a risky move when you signed him. Because mm -hmm. you think about a trade to go get Miles Turner, okay? If Gordon Hayward is included in that, then your core gets significantly worse for a playoff-mandated season. But if your core is LaMelo Ball, Terry Rozier in the backcourt, Miles Bridges, Gordon Hayward, not at that spot, but then Miles Turner, that's a really good five. But if you get rid of Gordon and instead put PJ, who you know me, I mean, everybody knows I love PJ, it's not as good. Because nobody is sitting here trying to say that P.J. Washington is a better player than Gordon Hayward. And so when we talk about trading Gordon, a lot of it is because of the contract. It's because he's not this flamboyant scorer. Like, he's on a team with LaMelo, best passer possibly in the league. Miles might be the best dunker. We have got a guy like Kelly Oubre, whose nickname is Tsunami Poppy. Literally nothing about Gordon compared to his teammates is flamboyant. And yet, he's the most steady hand on the team. The Hornets reached their ceiling this year with Hayward in the purple and teal. And I think that's what's most important, and that's what this game also indicated. Gordon Hayward has something that not a lot of NBA players have. He has a mean streak and an ability to be unstoppable for periods of a game. We haven't just seen this in Charlotte. He's done this in, in Utah. Uh, didn't really have much of an opportunity to do it in Boston. But we've seen this ability where he can get hot, get in the zone, and there's just nothing you can do because he has such a variety of ways that he can score the basketball on multiple levels. And when his three-point shot is going in, which it has over the past two games, I, I don't know how you defend him. That's what you need in the playoffs. You need players. You need one or two players who the other team goes – how are we going to defend these guys? And so if you trade Gordon Hayward, even for something that you really need, like a center, you're losing that ability. You need both of those things. You need players that you don't know how to defend when they're on their game, and you need you know low post uh, defense. So that the, Horn the Hornets have to fill that gap, but you don't fill a gap by taking something else that yeah. you also need in the playoffs. I see yeah, what you're saying. And the other thing is, again, anything less than 100, than 100 cents on the dollar from the contract that you had, because sometimes that move makes sense if a contract doesn't work out and you're just wanting to unload it. This is not an unloading situation with one Gordon Hayward. And here's the thing. I don't know what pieces are out there that make this a better basketball team while also giving him up. One popular 
kind of fake trade that was thrown out there a lot was the Ben Simmons potential trade, right? When Ben Simmons had all of this drama at the end, um, or at the beginning of the season, at the end of last year with the missed dunk, missed not even attempted. We, Gordon Hayward makes sense for Philadelphia. You could see why Charlotte might want to take a chance on a Ben Simmons, a young, still very good defensive player, still very good overall, even if he's not the number one scorer on a team that's trying to make it a deep postseason run. But it's it's that type of move that you could still make a case for being better if you're if you're a Hornets team while trading him. And as much as I like Miles Turner, that's not the that's not the case. That, that's that's not the case trading for a guy like Miles Turner. So we'll see we'll see what happens with this Gordon Hayward move or potential move. No, I'm I'm in total agreement in terms of in terms of the move, and and I just love to see the fact that Gordon has stuck with it. He's he's. I think he's probably, if you stuck him with some truth serum, would say, hey, this season hasn't been my best effort, but there's a lot of season left. Here's the big question. What happens when LaMelo Ball comes back? If yeah, he absolutely. is indeed coming back Friday, how do because Gordon has taken on a more aggressive role offensively, um, but but you haven't had that LaMelo Ball factor in the offense as well. So it, it actually works towards Gordon's advantage because he loves to work in the half court. I think he's more of a half court player than a transition player. And so how does that work when LaMelo comes back? They need to figure out how to make all of those things work at the same time. You need Kelly off the bench. You need Gordon uh, in the half court. You need LaMelo and Miles in transition. You need those three things all working in concert in order to be a serious playoff contender. And, oh, and, and they I need to even, figure out defense. And I didn't even think to look about this, right. But I didn't even think to look at this, but, you know, I'd be interested in the usage percentage for Gordon. You know, we could look that up. But, you know, in the last games that LaMelo was not on the roster, how much they've kind of right. gone to him, how much he stepped up. And even just overall, when Gordon's in the game and LaMelo is not, how has the right. team, how has Gordon looked different? And he was last night. Excellent, excellent game from Gordon Hayward. And a big-time win. You know, again, I've mentioned a million times with this road trip, have to win these early ones dropped the one against Dallas embarrassingly so got this one in a huge huge way and they were excellent uh, especially offensively scoring 130 the the margins listen everything's bigger in Texas including the margins of victory and mm-hmm. defeat you same state different blowout I love it <laughs> that's right all right you've been hearing me tell you about prize picks for months have you signed up yet prize picks is daily fantasy made easy if you have not checked it out yet you're missing out. I'm telling you, you're going to love this app for NBA and mixed spots. Pick them. The Christmas Day games are going to be off the charts and even more fun if you play Prize Picks. Prize Picks has the best NBA DFS prop game on the market. Prize Picks offers more NBA props than any other DFS prop operator and offers all the superstar players as well as bench players, only recording a handful of minutes each game. Prize Picks allows mixed sports entries, mixed spot entries, whatever you want. You can take over, you can take the over on Embiid, combine with the under on an Aaron Rodgers in the same entry. You can use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. PrizePix is safe and offers fast withdrawals. Go to prizepix.com today and use promo code NBA or go to your App Store and download the app. PrizePix is daily fantasy made easy. If you're not playing PrizePix, you honestly don't know what you're missing. Go sign up today. Again, prizepix.com. Use promo code NBA. All right, Julian Council going to be joining us next to talk about the Charlotte Hornets win and the road trip upcoming, what they have ahead of them on this schedule. Julian Council, up next, Locked on Hornets. This is Locked on Hornets. You you think no, Russ? Do you think he's coming out? Listen, listen. Okay. Listen, number one, number one. Are you listening? 
Number yes. one, he's a certified gamer. Number mm. two, part game, don't rest. I'm with Mata. Part game, don't rest. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Welcome, Julian Council, back on the hey. Locked on Hornets podcast, getting to talk about the better sports franchise here in the Queen City for once. <laughs> yeah, the though, pro- hold on, hold on, Walker. Woo! Yeah, Julian, Julian, is this like the best part of your week now because you don't have to talk about the Panthers? Uh, you could say that. No, it's not that they're the better sports franchise. Actually, this is the most boring sports franchise. The chaotic energy that we're getting across town with Matt Rule right now, I am loving it. This That's true. It's a great Sam point. Darnold. He wants to go back to Sam Darnold. Like, what it, are we I doing? Mean, Julian, I, if I see Sam Darnold out there, like I what, can't they're, quit they're, him. They're, they're trying to play chess like, hey, maybe we can throw him out there. And then he shows an extra something. And maybe somebody else will want to trade for him, that NFL ego. But they're going to fall for it again, Julian. Matt Rule's going to be like, hey, that shoulder injury is what was holding him back. Maybe we can go at it again. I, It's going to happen. Uh, it, yeah. That is if Matt Rule sticks around. So I don't want to see it. Um, man, the quarterback carousel over there for Carolina, it is embarrassing. But as you mentioned, like sports all the time, they say it's better when teams are struggling massively. And so Carolina struggling pretty, pretty badly right now. Not the case for Charlotte, at least after last night. What a great win against the Spurs. You get to see them put up 130 points. Gordon Hayward, really everybody was on fire, though. I mean, here we are giving all the love to Gordon, deservedly so. Cody Martin, just another career high, Oof. 21 points for him. 8 of 13, 4 of 4 from deep. The league leader, I believe, in three-point percentage again after a 1-4 performance. Now he goes 4-4. Four four. Incredible. Miles Bridges was good in this one. You had Jalen McDaniels coming in fresh off of health and safety protocols. Go 6-11, of 11, hits a couple threes, a double-double for him. Really good. I mean, P.J. goes 5-7. of seven. They were just hot, man. They were, they were hitting a ton of different three-pointers. Great to see an overall team win last night against the Spurs, Julian. How excited are you about what you saw and then maybe what it can mean going forward in this road trip? No, I feel good about it. We talked last week when I was on just about how important it was for this team to come out here and get the win on Friday night against the Kings. And bring out Cody Martin, the bounce back game after Monday night, just the abomination on the road against Dallas. But we knew that they had at least split one of those two games in the state of Texas. And San Antonio was the most likely one that they're going to get. And to go out there and to just mop the Spurs on their own home court was really encouraging. For a team that just got Taylor Rozier back, that's going to get Lamelo back here and Ishmith back here. So hopefully tomorrow night in Portland, very excited to see what I've seen from this team. And throughout James Borrego's tenure, we've seen them have some of those stinkers like Monday night, but they've always found a way to respond and to see Cody Martin play the way that he's played. And he's been an integral part over the last couple of weeks with these guys out with health and safety protocols. And then Gordon Hayward, who draws the ire of a lot of fans for not living up to the contract. At least that's their opinion. Some people to go out there and once again, be super aggressive and just on fire 41 points in three quarters. He could have had 60 last night if they if James Regal <laughs> wanted him to play. Like that's how good he was. And yeah. I don't think we've seen a Hornets player who's been in Fuego like that in a long time. Like Gordon was in the zone. He was feeling himself. I don't think I've been watching his career since back at Butler. I've never seen Gordon Hayward with that kind of attitude <laughs> on the basketball floor. It was so fun to watch last night. Th- that's what I said. He had a mean streak. Like he was like, no, I'm I'm taking this basketball. I'm putting it in the hoop, and there's not a darn thing you can do about it. I mean, he had the spin move, he had the step back, he had the mid-range, he had the spot up. I mean, he was doing everything out there. It was crazy. And I agree with you too, Julie. And I think the the win against Sacramento 
uh, this win against San Antonio, and I'm going to go back to the win against Atlanta. I mean, to me, these three wins, and, and hopefully they can get a win against Portland as well, a very beatable team, but these three wins, I think, we'll, we'll look back, like mark it down. We're going to look back and say those three wins were the most important of the season because we could easily be talking about, with all the adversity that they've gone through, we could easily be talking about a nine-game losing streak and three good Western Conference teams on the horizon. Absolutely. Yeah, and you- yeah, and you just talk about the best wins on the season. There, there you are talking about most important. A lot of them coming more recently. I think we are also on a high because a couple of those wins shouldn't have happened with the players that they were missing in health and safety protocol. The you know the primacy bias of them beating Indiana the first night, 123-122. It was a nice tone setter to come back from 20 points down. LaMelo Ball going in fuego a little bit, 31 points for him. That was a really good win to, to get them started off right. And then the win against Brooklyn, unexpectedly so, the third game of the season, starting off 3-0. It was really nice to see that. But recently, Golden State was an excellent one too, 106-102. It, yeah. it felt a little more like the most complete game, though. I, I guess they allowed... 115 but again they, they didn't even play Gordon in the fourth quarter you know so it's like it, it was a little bit of, of garbage time at the end of this game Charlotte was clearly going to win is this the best win that the Hornets have had all year uh Golden State's gotta be the best win just because of where they're situated right now in the NBA and Steph just getting the three-point um history like what most three-pointers in history or whatever yeah. the NBA whatever they're getting mm-hmm. the record there like that's the kind of the team to beat and San Antonio is just not a good basketball team. It's kind of uh, crazy to see how far they've fallen yeah. off the last couple of years with Pop still at the home. And you, you lose like the the Tony Parkers of the world and Mountie Ginobili's and the Tim Duncans. And eventually, like your franchise is not going to have the consistency that they had for that 15, 20 year period. But it's still weird to see San Antonio be a team that you can go walk in there and pretty much dominate throughout the first three quarters and really in all four quarters. So, yeah, I mean, as far as like a three-quarter performance, yeah, it was definitely the most dominant performance of the season for the Hornets. I guess what you want to see, though, is them in a four-quarter battle and then maybe be like, yeah, that's the the best performance that they've had so far. That's why I kind of would go with the Gold State game early on this season. Yeah, and I guess most complete, but you're right. I mean, that Golden State win was phenomenal for this team to remain above 500. Is that how you kind of see it, Doug, as well? Maybe most complete win and best well, win maybe think, belonging to Golden State? I think the I think the Golden State was probably the best win because of the context and the yeah. level of the competition that you were up against. But I think most complete, I might have to go back to that third win in the season against Brooklyn mm-hmm. because you, you, you limit Brooklyn with Kevin Durant. Uh, didn't have their entire full complement of, of weapons, but – Uh, You limit them to 17 points in the fourth quarter. You hold them to 95 points. It was one of the best defensive performances we've seen from a team that has struggled to defend. There was a game, and I I can't recall, where you had had starters. uh, Everyone was shooting well. I'll have to look back and see which one uh, that was. That might be be the most complete performance. Everybody was in double figures. Uh, the, the, The entire team. Uh, was one of the blowout victories that they have. I'll, I'll look back and Minnesota, that Minnesota, they scored 133, so they went one. That might have been it. Yeah, they, and they, they, they broke put, and they broke a five game winning streak from Minnesota. So you could put that one up there. I would put this one in contention only because mm-hmm. amazing Gordon Hayward game and uh, Miles and both Miles and PJ were flirting with a triple double using that little high low play. PJ showing off his passing skills, making me regret wanting to give him up for Miles Turner almost. 
I mean, just a, it's it's tough. Crazy, that, crazy it's, ability it's the, that he has. That, that's it, the biggest mental wrestling match that I have right now. In the trade for <laughs> Miles Turner. It's good, do you want to give up PJ? Seven assists is a career high for PJ, by the way. Nine rebounds for him. Mentioned the good shooting. Couple threes, 12 points. Everybody shot well. Really, anybody that got in the game. Kelly Oubre is the only one that didn't. To be honest, in a surprising twist, Kelly only scored three points, not his best game, only 16 minutes logged, so he really wasn't helping the Hornets last night. Um, but, hell, I mean, he was due for a bad game because he'd been very good the last 12. All right, let's take one more break, come back with the last segment, not before we discuss True Build. You know why free trials renew without your consent? It's a business game out to get you. Don't let greedy corporations pocket your money. Download True Bill instead to take control of your subscriptions. True Bill is the new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't need want or simply forgot about on average people save up to 720 dollars a year with true bill because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel true bill makes it incredibly simple just link your accounts and true bill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap don't fall for subscription scams start canceling today at truebill.com slash locked on nba go right now truebill.com slash locked on nba it could save you thousands a year truebill.com slash Locked On NBA. Let's check in on the NBA standings coming up next on the Locked On Hornets podcast. This is Locked On Hornets. If you're watching on YouTube, which you should be, this is me cooking up this segment. Um, yeah, I'm there. The what you're doing? Well, this this like segment will. What's oh yeah? Well, yeah, it's kind of a vertical cabbage patch. You don't see that very often. <laughs> a vertical cabbage patch. Revo- I'm revolutionizing white I'm pre- guy dancing moves. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Juwan Howard did that when they were going to the Final Four. I think that's what happened. It's time for more of the Locked On Hornets podcast. All right, time to check in on the standings in the NBA. Where are the Charlotte Hornets? They are currently sixth right now, just inside where they can avoid the play-in tournament. Brooklyn's number one at 20-8. and eight. Milwaukee is two games behind Brooklyn. Chicago's still holding strong, 17-10 and 10 on the year. Uh, missed, I don't know how many games have been postponed for them now. Has it only been one so far because of COVID uh, protocol? No, I, think, I think it's I think two. Okay, okay. Sure. so two yeah. games that, that have been postponed for Chicago. They're two and a half games back of Brooklyn. Unfair, as, by the way, unfair. Hornets didn't get to postpone any games. They had to play all of their games. Unfair. Well, yeah, so unfair for the Hornets. Chicago, certainly not going to feel bad about it. Here they are third in the standings. Cleveland, number four. A big time surprise, really excellent what? year. Five in a row. I know, yeah. What? And I wouldn't have guessed that either. Had I not checked the standings, I would have said that they're a little bit further. I knew they were having a good year. I didn't expect to see them number four. Miami is seventeen and twelve in the five spot, and there's where the Hornets are. Six spot, sixteen and fourteen behind them. If you're curious, Philadelphia seven, Washington eight, Atlanta nine, Boston ten. Now Boston is fourteen and fourteen. Washington cooled off a little after a great start. They're three and seven in their last ten games. Games. Uh, Julian, I guess Cleveland, right? That's the most noticeable team what? that is where they are in the standings, and the Hornets are six. If you want to talk about that as well, I mean, is Colin Sexton just going off every night? Is that what's happening up there um, off of Lake uh, Erie? Yeah, well, I mean, it's Colin Sexton, it's Evan Mobley, who's basically, I think he might be all alone in, in rookie of the year race right now, even over over Cade and, um, and Green. So, yeah, I mean, it's crazy. I think it's a testament to to solid drafting and player development. Both Cleveland and Charlotte have, I think, drafted really well and stuck with their players. A <laughs> little bit of Sorry, a Sorry, Walker, Walker oh, Mill no. having a camera camera. Well, Cleveland's fourth? Cleveland's fourth? I'm just, I'm just having a You're knocking over equipment. You're fourth. so shocked. 
That's the issue. Okay, so I guess like looking at it, obviously Brooklyn, Milwaukee, no one's surprised by that. Those two are supposed to be the title contenders, and we'll see what happens with Kyrie. Is he going to come back? I, I I doubt it. I don't really know. Uh, voice for the verse, voiceless, never forget. Chicago, despite all the COVID issues, like Charlotte, they've been resilient. So I, I appreciate what they've been able to do. But you got to think of all the teams in the top six right now. Like Cleveland's most likely to drop out, and in Philadelphia and the teams that are right there in the playing tournament tier of seven through ten, most likely to get back in there. I am curious to see like what Boston does eventually, because with Tatum and Brown's been injured a lot this season, that uh, at some point they're gonna figure it out, right? I think Charlotte's – I like where we're at with the Hornets mm-hmm. where, like, I think that this team absolutely can be a top six team. But it's going to be – a and that's why these past six games have been so important to be three and three without LaMelo. And we'll see what he looks like when he comes back, hopefully on Friday, and where he's at conditioning-wise. But still, like, usually when it got west, things don't go great. And Dallas game kind of pointed to that. But then last night with San Antonio, we'll see how things play out the next couple games. But still, to get those three wins – and knowing that later on in the season, there's going to be some of these other teams like Philadelphia, Boston, they're going to eventually, maybe even Toronto, that kind of figure things out. That's going to make that battle for the top six even you know, tougher. Well, just some house cleaning real quickly so we don't continue to look like idiots. Colin Sexton's been out for the year for a while. So oh, not yeah? Sexton. What, what, so Sexton. Uh, well, so the, the, thing with, the thing with that is I have a baby. And yeah, uh, baby's fine. been keeping me up all night. I haven't been able to pay as much of attention. So I don't know. <laughs> that's my excuse. So, I, got a, I got a baby. No, that's fine. Colin Sexton out for the year. Hadn't played since November 11th and November 7th. It's been out for a month. What's really happening with Cleveland is that it, Jared Allen is playing like a legitimate all-star, averaging 17 points a game, allowing his presence to be felt on the defensive end as well. You talked about Evan Mobley, and who's really also taking a step up. It's Darius Garland. He looks awesome. 19 points a game for Cleveland. I do think that that is a team you are kind of waiting for to drop, but at this point, we are pretty deep into the year, and it seems a little bit realistic. Same thing with Chicago, which I kind of thought maybe people were a little too high on at the beginning of the season but they're kind of showing that they belong the Boston Celtics thing you know as far as who could surpass the Hornets in the standings the thing about Boston I I thought the same thing last year that it's only a matter of time before they catch up in the standings and they play better than what they had been but if you do this two years in a row and you're 14 and 14 then are they just the team that they're trying to tell us they are? You know, should we believe them at this point? Because, I mean, Atlanta, that's a team you could see surpassing Charlotte. I could see Philadelphia surpassing Charlotte. At this point, you know, if Boston's trying to tell us who they are the last two years, maybe we just believe them at this point. Well, how much do you put stock in, like, having a new head coach with that? I mean, I guess a little. The thing is, is, this almost was supposed to be a fix. If Brad Stevens was a bigger problem for them and then they put him up in a higher position where now he's in charge of personnel and then they bring in Ime Udoka, who I think players like, I think we've heard good things from the players and that's been true even before his time with Boston, but nothing's happening right now with them. And you look at their point differential, that's a saving grace. They are plus 1.1 in point differential. Um, so maybe that's an indicator as them to being a top six team. But I, I just I, I just don't know if I can continue to fall for the Celtics because I agree with you. They've got too much talent. Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart's a good player. We know what it is with them. And yet here they are four and six in their last 10, 14 and 14, 500 basketball team. Like yeah, I, maybe, maybe listen, that's just the, what they listen, are. The Celtics stink. The Celtics stink. And so do the done. Knicks, by the got way. It. I didn't fall for the Knicks. I feel bad for Kimball Walker. He's getting a raw deal. And he's getting blamed for all the defensive issues that that the Knicks had, and I think unfairly Tibbs has Tibbs has put him in the closet and won't let him out. 
and that's a shame, but the Knicks stink, and the Celtics stink, and I'm not talking about teams that could surpass the Hornets, because I think last night's victory against the Spurs was the Hornets putting the entire league on notice, oh, saying, whoa. hey, you know, we've been, we've, we've been getting wins, and we've been down five players, including three starters. We're about to get LaMelo back. Watch out, NBA. Watch out, Eastern Conference, because for, I'm, I'm saying they're coming for Chicago. They're coming for Miami. I, I'm talking about the Hornets going up, not the Hornets going down, baby. And Julian, do you see the Hornets going up? Uh, I mean, you know, it'd be nice if they could beat the Sixers at some point in time. So not <laughs> with the same fervor. I think at, at worst, like the floor for the Hornets this year is hosting a play-in tournament game. Like that's the floor. And these guys talk yeah. about they want to go to the playoffs this year. I, I think I don't see them getting anywhere anywhere below the eight seed. Like either seven or it's like gonna be probably six, seven, or eight. That's how I feel about this team. But when you think about are they gonna move forward, like okay, the Philadelphia situations obviously weren't perfect. But like they've what lost 16 straight games. Eventually you're gonna have to beat teams of that caliber. The Milwaukee game had them late, had a chance to win that. They beat Brooklyn. You know, the situation there was also weird, but that's the NBA this year. And that's going to be, that's been the NBA the last two seasons with COVID and with injuries. And you also, and you also have guys also with the load management that we've had over the last couple of seasons. So nothing's ever going to be perfect. That being said, when you have the opportunities, you have to take advantage of them. And they've done well the last couple, six games with the guys out and staying above water. But I do want to eventually see them beat a team like Philadelphia. But before I'm going to be like, yeah, without a doubt, like this team's going to be able to move up. We're going to stay right there in that top six. Yeah, and, and you're right. You definitely want to see them capitalize. Good news is we have seen them do that a little this year. The old Hornets yeah. teams, they're they're falling at some point. You know, they've they've done enough to at least stay above that five hundred mark, again without LaMelo Ball. You know, and, and like and I understand that teams are gonna lose their starters, but here's the thing that helps you. I think this depth is kind of real for Charlotte. I, I, this is the first oh, time yeah. th- this season, it's the first time that I've felt good about the Hornets' chances of winning in every single game. The NBA, the, the very style, what, what is what is ingrained in the very fabric of it is the fact that good teams are going to get upset over an 82-game season. And so if Charlotte is any kind of good that you want to deem them, they're still going to drop some games against what are bad teams. But the fact that majority over a decent sample size now where they're 16 and 14 and that's having gone through more covid problems than most teams not all not chicago brooklyn's going through it right now it, it it's, yeah. it's coming right but earlier it hitting them harder the, the fact that they were able to stay afloat at least at the time being if they can do it after this road trip i mean you gotta feel decent it feels weird to say i get it but you gotta feel decent Listen, about them the depth is real the mm-hmm. shooting is real. First in the NBA in three-point shooting. They have annihilated teams from outside. The passing is real. The ball movement is real. They, I think they, when they were going into the game last night, they were third in the league in assists, and they had 34, which is a huge number, against the Spurs. So they might have even moved ahead of the two teams that were in front of them, which I think was Golden State and Atlanta. Um, so th- th- there are things that are real. The only thing mm-hmm. that this team is missing right now is is some kind of defensive presence inside a center yeah i mean (laughs) so if they can figure that out then but but i don't even think honestly i don't even think they need that to get up into like four or three in the eastern conference if they can stay out of protocol and you've got other teams going in and out of protocol if they can stay healthy i think they could get to four or even five four or three but I think it's I think it's definitely Nets and Milwaukee one two some order there. But I think they could get there even without a center. But then they'll get annihilated in the playoffs. So that's what they have to figure out. 
Yeah, and I'm not sure what the, the NBA protocols are in terms of the health and safety like compared to the NFL. But I know NFL, once a guy uh, tests positive for COVID, that 90 days, they don't get tested anymore. And you have that 90-day period where the Hornets should be good over the next three months not having to worry about that. And hopefully, you know, come April and when, like, playoff times, that stuff doesn't, like, creep up again and that maybe guys take care of themselves with mm-hmm. boosters or whatever. But that should not be an issue now for the next three months at least and worrying about health and safety protocol. Yeah, looking and at Colin, the sta- and Colin Sexton shouldn't be an issue either. Yeah. He's not. <laughs> no, I, I don't think Colin Sexton is going to be a problem. Not this year, at least. He shouldn't be a problem. Here, here's the team Maybe. that I that I worry about. I mean, Doug, I kind of feel you on. There, there is a shot for the Hornets to continue to climb, realistically so. Brooklyn, Milwaukee, I think most of us can agree that those are going to be some form of one and two. They clearly seem like the best two teams in the East when healthy. I'm still mm-hmm. going to put Miami up there. They've just got too much talent. We know about Eric Spolstra. I'm going to put Miami as a team I feel pretty good about finishing above these other teams in the middle of the standings. And that's where I think Charlotte's ceiling is. I think Charlotte's ceiling is four this year. I don't think they can get to three. But th- there's a realistic shot that I think Charlotte could get to four, and they would be hosting a playoff series in that situation. I, that's crazy. It's been a long time. It's been a long time since we've seen anything like that. All now, right, listen, the Hornets. The Hornets have caught up. I'm telling you, three three is the ceiling. Book it, mark it, um, but don't don't play it at the end of the season. Okay. <laughs> All right. I love it. I look. I love that, Doug. Let's go. All right. There you go. Get pumped. Get pumped up from Doug Branson helping you out and getting you all riled up for the Hornets' chances at the end Stangin'. of the year. That'll do it for Locked On Hornets. Julian, thanks for joining us. Good luck talking about whatever drama is going to arise over there at Bank of America Stadium this week. Can Matt can Matt Rule just make sense, please, with his press conference at, at some point? Can he say something that makes sense? You're asking for too much. I, I know. I know. God, I don't want to play multiple quarterbacks, but I'm going to continue to play multiple quarterbacks. Whatever, Matt. I'm not buying it anymore. All right, thanks again for joining us here. Locked On Hornets, go check out Locked On Panthers. You can find Julian on Twitter. At Julian Council. Make your second listen, Locked On Bets, your daily one stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. Fun Fridays tomorrow with David Walker. Have a great rest of your day. We'll be back with you for a fun Friday and the Hive Life.